Hello everyone, you're all listening to Raga Talks and I'm your host Raga. I'm back with a new episode with Jana Atlay. Um, Jana Atlay is my guest today and I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. I'm so sorry Janda if I don't do it. Um, so to talk more about Janda, she's Turkish. Um, she's an aerospace engineering student. She's also the student space ambassador. She's also been a weekend speaker on TED-Ed. So good. Um, she calls herself an amateur astronomer. She's also the ex-president of the Turkey's first high school level aerospace society, which is quite remarkable. Um, she, she's currently running as the vice president of the Society of Women Engineers in NCC branch. And in the past couple of years, she's worked on designs of CubeSats, Mars Rovers and model rocket planes and Lego robots. It just sounds so sophisticated and nice. Um, and in future, she would like to combine her passion with entrepreneurship to help the world to reach stars. Um, she's also been named as Student of the Month for 2018 December. She's also been named Under 24 Leaders and Innovators in Space. Um, and she's also won the award, Microsoft Future Technology Star Award in 2019 and TEW 2020. <sighs> Guys, that was a long list of achievements, but the, they all seem to be quite remarkable and fabulous. Maybe stupendous is the right word here. So let's not make any delay and get into the episode and get to know more, more, more about her and see what we can learn from her today. I'm so excited. Let's get into the episode. Hello, thank you for inviting me. So I'll just ask you quick questions and let's make this a really short one, but a nice one. Um, so starting, you, you started your own space program. So how did you come up with the idea of starting this space program? And for my listeners who don't know what it is, can you just tell a bit more about space programs and all that? Yeah, um, so I feel like we need to define what I mean by creating your own space program. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, I wasn't like, yeah, I will be the next Elon Musk. But it was more like, uh, if I can't find any opportunities in my area, um, I will create my own. Mm -hmm. which was the case for me when I was in high school. For example, um, NASA and ESA, European Space Agency, um, provides different competitions, lectures, etc. for students, but um, those are not accessible for students that are not uh, United States or European Union citizens. So um, I began with learning everything on my own and later on met with different students who were also interested in space science and aerospace. And we started to work on different projects together and that's where creating my own space program began. The Mm -hmm. steps I followed as a person was somewhat correlated with what a space agency would follow. And I used this analogy in my TED talk actually. Um, You can find it on YouTube by searching uh, how I started my own space program, but uh, to summarize everything, uh, the humanity's first step into the space race was sending satellites to Earth's orbit, right? And mm-hmm. the first project I did for a national science fair was also related to satellites. 
And the next step of, of the space race was stepping on the moon, first by humans uh, and a year later by robotic vehicles. And um, I disarranged it a bit and began with a vehicle first instead of sending humans because I'm not planning on shooting myself to moon or Mars anytime soon. And uh, I also don't think that's legal. Yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. a great team of fellow high school students, we started to design a Mars rover in order to compete in a university competition. But wow. yeah, uh, we faced- That's actually fascinating. Yes, go on. Yeah, actually we were going to be the first high school team that were competing in a university challenge in such a level. But we faced yeah. it many financial issues and it did not continue mm -hmm. after a year. Uh, but by then, it was my senior year in high school and I couldn't find time for those, pro those kind of projects anymore. So mm -hmm. I started a social platform for students interested in STEM and I found it somewhat similar to outreach activities that space agencies do. So um, in the end, I called everything I did my own space program, like, uh, don't get me wrong, now high school students in Turkey have way more opportunities of learning about aerospace compared to what I had five, year, five years before. So uh -huh. I'm okay. glad to see, see a development in that area. That's nice. So, um, so Turkey is a part of Asia, isn't it? So, is that the reason why you were not part um, of NASA or any of the European space programs? Yeah, yeah. Turkey um, is not a part of European Union. Um, obviously, not in the United States too. And um, actually, Turkey started their own uh, space agency very recently, in the end of two thousand nineteen, I believe. So uh, there wasn't so many things back then when I was in high school. I uh, I graduated in 2018. So um, yeah, there wasn't many things. Yeah. But then, but then it, it could have helped you in a bit of experience in your further life in it, like making a master over on a university level. Yeah, obviously. Like, as I said, I had to create my own opportunities and um like not many people do that so uh yeah it helped me a lot in terms of learning about those stuff it is quite an inspiration because there are many countries that don't have active space programs and this could mean that even if you don't have an active space program you could probably just do something on your high school level like <laughs> um Jada did. Um, and can you tell us a bit more about being named under 24 innovators in STEM and space by Mars Generation? Um, can you also tell about more like what it is and how you got named under it? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was a part of class of 2018 of Mars Generation's 24 under 24 leaders and innovators in space. Um, it's a program that showcases 24 young people who devote themselves to help the humanity to reach to reach to the Mars, basically. Um, the Mars Generation is a non-profit organization based on United States, and it advocates that our generation will be the ones who step on the Mars first. And overall, their idea matches perfectly with this that program. Um, the program aims that aims to share our stories to 
inspire and motivate others to work in STEM areas. Um, after everything I talked about previously, I applied to the program and I got in. Um, mm -hmm. Other winners are also really cool people, so I would suggest anyone to check them out too. Um, and mm -hmm. actually, a few months after that, I got a similar award, award from Microsoft Turkey called um, Futures Technology Star Candidate in a competition called Female Leaders of the Technology. The yeah. award I got is similarly chooses one high school student who work in STEM areas and aims to inspire other high school students every year. That sounds so inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> You're incredibly a high achiever. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, and then you ended up being the vice president of the Society of Women Engineers. Um, what responsibilities does it bring? And do you think women are good in STEM? Like, how is the representation of women in STEM and particularly engineering and all that? So, uh, Society of Women Engineers, or we call it SWE shortly, is uh, not such a big society, actually. It's a student organization in our university. Um, mm -hmm. SWE is actually... Uh, another United States-based organization, and it's the largest organization that advocates women in engineering and tech. Um, mm -hmm. It has branches dif in different universities all around the globe, and actually, we are trying. We are currently trying to become an official branch. Um, we are not a member of the global organization yet because, uh, as an international branch, there's a fee we need to pay. And our school doesn't help us financially during the pandemic. So we will see how that goes next year when we are back in the campus. Um, in, the, in the meantime, we are organizing webinars about um, different issues that help us to prepare to prepare to enter the workforce as female engineers. Um, topics such as patriarchy in workplace, work-life balance, etc. We mm -hmm. also come together sometimes just to chat about classes, um, teachers, exams, etc. Because um, currently we all need a community to talk when we are stuck at our houses. Um, and as the vice president, my responsibility is to help organizing all of those things I've talked about. Um, that sounds great. Are there like online webinars over COVID? Like, um, at the yeah. Um, our school is currently fully online, so we have to continue our, our um, societies and such activities online too. So um, like uh, once every couple of weeks, we uh, organize a meeting or a webinar with our uh, professors. Uh, so Janda, when you say school, which uh, like which school do you go to? Sorry. Yeah, um, I go to Middle East Technical University, Northern Cyprus campus, mm -hmm. and I study aerospace engineering. That's great. So I was about to ask the same question about your educational background, like, and when did when did your fascination with space start? What age and how did it go? Mm -hmm. um, actually, it started around the beginning of high school. Um, before that, I wasn't really uh, interested mm -hmm. in such stuff. But um, should I just talk about all background overall, all educational background? Yeah, sure. Um, until the high school, um, I went to a public school. Uh, I was quite mm -hmm. average academically. So um, there isn't anything interesting here. In 
high school I started a private school which was a Microsoft showcase school it simply means mm -hmm. we did uh, everything we did was digital like lectures tests books notebooks yeah almost everything you can think of and um, thinking back it actually helped me a lot to become a self-learner rather than being dependent on the school um, in those years uh, I will say I was still average but um, this time average compared to more competitive or advanced students who were all aiming to study medicine, law, or engineering. Yeah, you know, in the end of uh, in the end of the day, we are all in a developing country, and those three majors are the only only ones acceptable by parents and teachers. <laughs> that is so yeah. true. And my biology biology teacher, for example, was forcing me to study medicine too, but uh, you know, I had other plans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm about to study medicine. <laughs> oh, you'd like to study? <laughs> but I think I, I um I like biology, so that shouldn't be. Yeah, a it's actually fun. Yeah. So, what are your future plans like after you pass out of the university? What are you planning to do, and how's it gonna go? Um, you know the videos of ground control centers when a successful takeoff happens or you get the first signal from a robotic mission and everyone in the room cheers up. Um, that moment has always been the thing that motivated me to work. And my goal is to be in such a mission control room and see the success of a spacecraft yeah. I have contributed. But I remember watching yeah. that. Um, it's actually really really nice and happy yeah, moment absolutely. Um, I'm still discovering a pattern of how to get there because um, people in mission mm -hmm. control rooms usually have a diverse background and there isn't a written way telling you how to get there. It may change over time, but um, currently I am interested in system engineering part. So I will try to do a master's in that area maybe, but uh, aerospace industry changes so fast and it's hard to forecast the needs of the future in this industry. So um, in the end, I will go towards the way which offers me a better chance to uh, advance myself and use my skill set. And also, Janda, because um, you live in Turkey and there are many listeners of mine who live in developing countries that don't have proper space uh, programs. How 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 do you um how 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 do you like um create your space for getting into jobs? Like, if you want to get into a job, it's mostly into NASA or any other European space station. So, how how do you think they can make it there? Yeah. Um, actually. Uh, that is the worst part about our space industry because uh, almost every country has their own laws about uh, this uh, space environment because it's also somewhat related to military also. Uh, many countries do consider it as, a, you know, part of their military, their uh, country secret or something like that and doesn't allow foreigners in. But... Um, mm -hmm. From what I have seen from other people, the easiest way is that uh, starting by going the country to study and um, while studying there, you will, um, you know, get into the 
uh, got to meet with people who work in that industry and you know you uh, get used to them and they get used to you and eventually um, you get like working visa or some kind of uh, special allowance allowing you into these mm -hmm. aerospace com uh, companies and yeah uh, it's a long journey actually yeah it is um so by concluding this are there any tips that you would like to give to any budding space interested kids well um i definitely don't think that you should force anyone to like any subject uh such as space mm -hmm. because uh it will fire back and the child will think that it is so lame but Instead, you can help them to find their interests and direct them to learn more uh, into that area of interest. Um, as a society, mm -hmm. I think that we praise those who have interest in areas which also offer career patterns with high salaries, you know, like uh, medicine, mm -hmm. law, engineering, etc. Um, you shouldn't force them to get interested in those, but help them to explore their interests. Uh, it can be different for everyone, but for example, for me, I discovered my interest of space from um, science fiction books and movies. Uh, we also happen to be uh, happen to live in a century in which our space technologies develop every day rapidly. So I was lucky in that sense, but uh, I did not have any role models or any resource I can use around me, and I'm guessing that. Uh, it's it is as the problem is the same for other areas too and once a person discovers their interest no one is actually there to help uh, help them to encourage them in that area you know um, instead we force uh, we force um, we are forced to learn whatever the school curriculum forces so i believe educators should encourage kids to find their patterns and help them while doing it and then offer more insight about the subject instead of forcing for forcing to form an interest with a curriculum true true so is there any any last um kind of tip you would give to students or well uh i would say enjoy your uh high school life your university life you know that uh, it is good to be uh, competitive with your friends, your peers, but in the end, uh, it's not that important. You should enjoy the time you are uh, spending. And good luck to everyone, uh, especially in those uh, in this year. It's not easy to, you know, study, motivate yourself, etc. So thank you so much, Anders, for being on my podcast. And you've been, you've actually given us a new sense of inspiration of how you can get into opportunities when you actually don't have them around you, how you can create them. And I'm, um, I, I, I wish luck for your future. And thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for doing this podcast. It must be really helpful for people too. Yes. So thanks everyone for listening. And this is the end of today's episode. I'll come back with another episode next Thursday and see you. Tune in. Bye.